Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome to or welcome back to Gardening Naturally. Um, Cole, been talking about that. There is a very good possibility that where you live will have a freeze, yes, 32 or below, overnight. Early in the morning, we may hit a freeze. Now, the thing about it is, this is a short freeze. Remember, there's a big difference in what happens in terms of a freeze. If we were to get a couple of hours that barely got to 32 or below, that's not a huge deal. Now, you'll get some leaf loss in some of your garden plants, but it's nothing like having a below freezing temperature for many hours, meaning 12 consecutive hours or more of below freezing temperature really makes a bigger impact than uh, just an hour or two of a quick, oh, we're barely touching 32 um, and we get warmed up again. And that's one of the things about this particular weather report. Man, we're going to crash down to 32. Early, early tomorrow morning, it's going to be cold. But we're coming right back up into what is much more normal weather. Mid-60s for a high, mid-40s to 50 for a low. That's, That's really good winter weather. And the prospect that we're going to have some rain. We always cross our fingers for this, but we are so desperately in need of it. And it looks like this coming weekend, Thursday and Friday, we're going to see a a higher chance for rain than we've had in quite a while. That should allow you to not have to worry too much about watering. We should be getting enough rain that it will soak enough and be uh, filling the soil up enough that you should be able to get a week out of not having to water, at least a week. Colder temperatures, lower demand, it will work out to mean that rain is going to be really valuable to us. And they're showing the rain to be in the watershed. That's where it's supposed to rain. Ah, somebody's asking a great text question. Should you pick your green tomatoes now? Did mine yesterday. I still have some I could go out and get today, but if your tomatoes are still on the vine and you suffer a freeze, 
you can wind up ruining the tomatoes. They won't be edible. They will they will turn to mush. So picking tomatoes now and putting them in a paper bag, bring them in, they'll get red. And there's always a ton, a ton of dishes you can make out of green tomatoes, fried green tomatoes being the least of them. So if you still have tomatoes and you're in an area that's probably going to freeze, that's a lot of folks. Yeah, I'd go out there and grab them. You will probably have a few that will not mature. They'll never turn completely red because they're not at that stage when you pick them. But you can have plenty that you can allow to turn red on the countertop. We picked, uh, oh, the better part of 30 smaller tomatoes yesterday, and they had a fair blush on them. They actually had some red already. Today we'll probably go out and pick a bunch that don't have uh, any red on them and just take a chance as to those becoming um, red after a period of time. We just throw out the green ones if they don't ripen or, like I said, make something out of them. Let's go to the phone. This is Roger. Roger, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Uh, glad you're talking yes, about sir. tomatoes. You said something earlier in the year about uh, like growing tomatoes in, in containers that it depletes the soil of some nutrient or something, and you shouldn't do it repeatedly. Is there any other plants that I can grow in that soil, or do I got to change it out if I want to uh, grow some green beans or something in this? Okay. Let me clarify. Growing a plant in the same soil, in other words, a container, season after season after season can build up disease that will affect that plant. If you grew tomatoes in that soil and you want to grow something else, you do not want to grow anything in the tomato family. That would be peppers, eggplants, or potatoes. So if you're not growing any of those in that container, yeah, you can get away with growing other plants. Well, I do like growing peppers. Understood, understood. But peppers and tomatoes are in the same botanical family. And I if did not know that. Disease, yeah, if there is a disease that affects the tomato, that disease can also affect peppers okay so you you want to make sure you don't plant the same family in the same place every season skip a season if you can it looks like pole beans next year and they will actually improve the soil okay because they will add nitrogen back to the soil now remember with pole beans when you are done with them, you don't pull them out. You cut them flush to the soil because those roots have all the good nutrients in it. And you want those roots to die and decompose in that soil 
to return those nutrients back to it. All right. I can do that, Jeff. Well, I definitely appreciate the information. I'll, I'll just go me some pole beans and give me some more pots for tomatoes and peppers. Thank you for the information, sir. Have a great day. You too, Roger. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks. Uh, <laughs> there are family members in the plant world you don't want growing together. I would say that in the people world, there are family members that sometimes you don't want growing together. We usually discover those at uh, the holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas. So anyway, the same plant family, season after season after season, will provide an environment for disease to grow and get worse and worse because you're providing the disease, the food source it needs. So if at all possible, don't plant the same family in the same spot every year. Try to move them around. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, what are you going to do with some of the time you're going to have today? You know, one thing you should do also is you have all these garden hoses and they're probably full of water. You want to make sure you drain those out. It's, it is not going to be some apocalyptic freeze, but why take the chance? It takes two seconds to turn your hose off at the faucet and open the other end up and let the water drain because you freeze that water in there and you'll burst the hose. So why not, why not take that extra step of maintenance? It's not going to kill you. We were talking about picking green tomatoes and you know, you can pick them and put them in a paper bag and they will turn red. Bad ones you can throw out, but they'll turn red and they'll be just fine. They taste just fine. Been doing that now for a couple of weeks, picking them green and letting them ripen in the house. But the question becomes, what about your peppers? That's a tougher question. I picked, uh, how many did we get? We got nine big, big bell peppers yesterday when we picked tomatoes. And they were starting to show a little blush. Some of them are still raw green. Some of them starting to show the red they're supposed to have. We picked them and we happened to have a cardboard box with a lid that uh, 
I could put them all in. They don't touch each other. They just sit in the cardboard in the dark and we close it up and we're going to keep an eye on it to see if the peppers start to turn red like tomatoes do. Not sure. Trying to keep an eye on them. Just started doing this yesterday. I think part of the problem is going to be the pepper itself is going to begin to soften up before it gets fully red. We're going to find out. We're, we're going to see. But normally, I don't know what to tell you about picking peppers now, hoping that they'll continue to ripen. That's, uh, that's kind of chancy. I would definitely pick them before a freeze if for no other reason that you don't want to waste them. Because even if they're not fully matured, they should taste like peppers. Now, what about our herbs that we are normally growing in the cool weather, like uh, dill or cilantro or parsley? That freeze tomorrow is not going to be wiping out those plants. You may have some of the leaves on the plants, some of the leaves freeze. And what will happen is those will look bad and you can just trim them off and ta-da, you get a healthy plant. Those particular herbs are much more cold hardy. Then things like basil. Basil's probably, I would be amazed if anybody's still got basil growing. Any variety of basil. Basil is more of a tropical plant. But dill, cilantro, parsley, let's see, um, shareable, those kind of herbs, they're pretty cold hardy. And they should continue to do well. Um, got a text question about um, planting sago palms after the freeze. Wow. This is a real, this is going to kind of be on your decision. Here's the problem. We plant sagos in this area. And for the most part, they do fine. But the ice storm and the freeze apocalypse, among other cold events, can kill the sagos. They are not the most cold hardy of plants. So if you want to plant new sagos, I would try to wait till spring. The more established, the more established the plant is, the more cold hardy it will be. So why not not risk them and get them into the ground in the spring so that they have all summer to establish themselves 
and be more cold hardy next winter. Now, if you already have the sagos, if they're already in containers, you will find it easier to simply cover the containers or bring them in or put them in the garage, whatever. But when they're young and they haven't been established and we get a hard freeze, that's very hard on them. So I leave that up to you. You want to gamble that we're not going to get a freeze apocalypse again? You can try planting them. Just prepare for the worst. And uh, hopefully it won't be a big deal. Oh, what about plants that are very cold hardy, like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, artichokes, uh, cauliflower, cabbage? This freeze that we're going to see, this supposed freeze, not going to bat an eye at those plants. They'll be like, yeah, whatever. Kale will actually get a deeper color and a sweeter flavor with a touch of freeze. Same with your collards and mustard greens. Lettuce, spinach, you may freeze a few of the leaves, but it won't kill the plant. But the brassicas, the Brussels sprouts and the broccoli and the, and the cauliflower or cabbage, no, this ain't going to, this cold ain't going to bother them. Oops, almost going to break into the song of Frozen. Uh, they, they will be fine. Remember, folks, your plants will never complain about being kept extra warm. The, the brassicas, the broccoli, the cabbage, they can go down to almost 25 degrees before they really need to be considered getting covered. But if you're nervous about that, if you got a crop going and you're like, I'm not taking chances, okay, don't. Cover them. You will not harm the plants by covering them. It's just the extra labor on your part. How much do you trust your plants? Because that's really going to be the decision maker, you. Can you uh, deal with it if they suddenly frost? Can you accept that they're cold hardy and can handle those temperatures? If you can, you don't have to deal with those. It's probably going to be a much bigger issue for you for peppers and tomatoes. If you're still growing peppers and you still have tomatoes, I, I have tomatoes yet, 
they're not going to be at all happy about this freeze. And it's sad because we're going to have just one morning of possible freeze. Then after that, we're back into really good fall gardening weather. So it depends on the amount of effort you want to put in. Covering the plants, not a bad not a bad idea if you wish. Don't want to, they'll probably be okay. We wish there was more exactness, you know? We we don't have the luxury with nature of going, oh, it was this temperature, so we know it'll be this temperature tomorrow, and that's going to tell us what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. We're lucky to guess to be close to the temperatures we're going to get. So we do what we can. And remember, seaweed will help lower the risk of damage to the plants from cold weather. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour. We're going to break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> Someone's texted me about what do they do with their grapevines? Well, growing grapes is a weird thing here, okay? It depends on what your intent is with the grapevine. For example, let's say you have an arbor. Can you get the grape to grow over the arbor to make shade? Sure you can, and it'll still produce grapes. But if you're trying to grow grapes for the purposes of, I want lots of high quality grapes, like I want to make wine or jam or jelly, you need to use a, a known system. It's usually, this is why we talk about vineyards and vinifera, which is the process of growing grapes for wine. And what you do each year, you get the first frost, right? And you will hack that grape back so much, you, you, you are so afraid that you're killing it. Grapes can run out 30 feet of vine in a season, easily 30 feet of vine. But if you're growing grapes, one of the things is at the end of the season, you're going to cut that grape back to probably, I don't know, um, three to four foot of vine. There are certain ways that if you are using wiring systems to grow the grape along the wire, a trellis, you 
cut lots of extra grape away during the season so that you get the most bundles of grape. It's a real art form. It, it's not particularly difficult. It, it helps a great deal if you can have someone teach you or show you how to do this. Now, I know the natural gardener usually has a grape class in January or February to discuss how to cut and how to wire your grapes for production purposes. So that is one thing you can look up at tngaustin.com. They have a calendar of events and they will discuss with you, uh, no, excuse me, they will have a class that will show you, and they have uh, several grapevines out there to demonstrate how to properly wire the, the grapes and how to properly um, trim them, prune them for their production techniques. Once we get the first frost, the person who texted me, once we get the first frost, you can cut that back all, uh, you can cut it back to maybe three feet of vine. I know that sounds drastic, but you will get lots and lots of new growth uh, lots of new growth next summer, and you'll have to do something with that vine. Trellis, wire, um, arbor, but it's going to need lots and lots of room to grow out that vine for you. Let's go to the phone. This is Pete. Pete, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. I uh, appreciate you taking my call. Uh, I'm calling about a lime tree. I know you've talked a little bit about protecting the limes from the freeze. I've got a large pot, and it's about six foot tall now in a pot that's about 40 inches around. Too heavy to bring inside. You thought this remedy that I was going to try might work. I was going to wrap the pot itself in pink insulation, and then I was going to build a box of two-by-fours in rigid pink foam insulation around the pot itself, and then just wrap the top of the tree in uh, that insulated fabric and try to get it through the cold nights. Do you think that's worth trying? Yeah, you're going to run into... Yes, let's, let's get the good news out first. I don't know if you have to go so over the top with protecting the pot itself because if you can keep moisture in that pot before the cold comes in um, that's that's going to prevent that soil from freezing to damage the roots it's the top part that's going to be an issue for you you need for the frost cloth the the fabric cover to go from the ground over the top of the tree and all the way back down to the ground. You cannot wrap it up like it's a Tootsie Pop. I see. Because it, would, it, would it help it, then if I built uh, vertical two-by-fours, the, the height of the tree, and, and put cardboard all the way around it and uh, 
you know, covered the top, so it didn't really get uh, as, as frosty, I guess would be the, the word to say. Um, would that be a benefit, you think? Yes. <clears throat> now, you have to remember that when we get cold, I mean, this is going to be a touch. This is not going to be days worth of cold. But as we get closer and closer to the winter, you can't put a cover over it that will keep it above freezing. We get that cold sometimes. So you can do your best. If you can, if you want to build that kind of a structure, that is great. You can make it so that it fits over the tree. You can even trim some of the branches to force it to fit over the tree. And if you use the pink foam board, that's got an R value of like two or three, and that will keep it warm. If you build that kind of a cover, you can put like a 100-watt shop light uh, a bulb in there, and it will produce enough heat to help keep your lime warm. But yeah, I appreciate that. The- that. That was going to be the next question I had. If I put a bunch of Christmas tree lights around it, uh, the old school kind, you know, that are warmer. Yes, that will not harm it. Um, if you want to take a shortcut, especially if you're going to build a box, you can uh, put down at the bottom of the box a single light and let the heat rise up and build up to the top of the tree. Um, you're going to have a you're going to have a problem later on if you can't move it anymore. If it's that big. It's going to be difficult to produce a structure to keep it warm enough. So I, yeah, I appreciate warm. that. We, my wife loves this tree, and it's and it took three years to get to where it's given us some really good fruit. So we're going to try this, and um, I, I understand what you're saying. So I, I appreciate your time and your knowledge on this. Try consider if you build a box, one that uh, you can take apart fairly easily, and. See if that uh, keeps it going for years for you. That way you don't have to worry about this and start over every single year. I appreciate that, too. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it together with screws so on the warmer days I can just take it apart and uh, let the sun get to it and the bees. That should work, and that should produce, uh, keep that lime going for some more time. Thank you very much. Appreciate what you do, and have a great holiday. You too, Pete. Thank you. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, I got a break, and I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, someone texted me a question. This is a good question. I've blown it off. Sorry, I didn't mention this. Your root crops, carrots, beets, radishes, turnips, those kind of plants, they'll not even bat an eye at this cold. This kind of freeze to them, ah, no big deal. Root crops, because our soil doesn't freeze, I mean, look, I remember, oh, wow, it's been quite a while ago, 
probably 15 years ago or so, we had a freeze where the ground froze enough that pipes were bursting. And most of the pipes in Texas and the ones that broke in my particular property aren't buried very deep. So that might, might have caused a problem uh, with some of our root crops, but it is so rare for our soil to reach that point that root vegetables do absolutely great here. <clears throat> As for um, broccoli, you, you know, our uh, brassicas, plants like that, they are much more cold hardy. They will freeze, but they can usually manage down to 30 to 28 degrees and still be just fine. And even a little colder than that, you may freeze. They may freeze a few leaves off, which is no big deal. But root crops, if we're talking cold hardy stuff, um, root crops will do, are probably the most cold hardy. The brassicas probably come in second. And then our leafy greens, they're, uh, they're probably the least cold hardy in terms of the leaves freezing, but the plant itself, the more established it is, it'll do fine. Doesn't make a difference if you're growing in the ground or you're growing in a grow bag. Cheryl, you won't believe it. I've got this. I used to, uh, I still have a whole bunch of grow bags. I have found them to be very successful way to grow, uh, a lot easier to get to. They are still the same conditions in the cold. I just had to make sure that there is some moisture in the grow bag and I did not have any problems. Whether it was in the ground or in the bag, things grew just fine. So. We're going to have cold. We're going to have a freeze. It is not going to be a catastrophe. Unfortunately, it's not going to be cold enough to go ice skating. But it is going to be cold enough that goodbye tomatoes, if you still have them growing, and probably goodbye green beans, they'll freeze to the ground. Um, maybe goodbye peppers, depends. That's one nice thing about this freeze. For those of you who were growing cover crops, if you had put in black-eyed peas, for example, for, okay, you're growing them for the black-eyed peas or the pinto beans or the zippers or the cream peas, whatever you were growing them for, this frost 
This freeze, if we hit 32, will be enough to top kill all of your black eyed peas. And that means they're going to fall over and they're going to become a type of mulch. You never pull the roots out for cover crops. You want those roots to, to live collecting that nutrient, collecting the nitrogen, because when they die, they'll release it back into the soil. So if we get a freeze, depending on where you're at, and it kills all of your cover crop, whatever southern peas you put in, those plants are going to fall over, they're going to turn into biomass, they're going to be a free instant mulch, and the roots are going to restore all of that nitrogen back to you so that you can get the nutrient back into the ground. So there's advantages to this little freeze that is coming up. And it is going to be a little freeze. It's really weird because some plants, we, we talk about limes for citrus. A lime can't handle a freeze. This isn't a debate. It isn't about the quantity of freeze. Oh, it only got down to freezing for an hour. No, limes don't want to do a freeze, period. So cover them, move them inside, protect them as needed. The rest of us, there are the few plants that a freeze is going to end the season with. Like I said, tomatoes are going to be gone. If you still got tomatoes and they freeze, you're done. Pick those green tomatoes before it freezes. They may still turn red for you. So don't let them have, uh, don't let them go to waste. If they freeze, they will not be any good. The tomato itself, if we get a freeze, the tomato will be, ugh, you won't want to deal with it. Just be aware that it's finally getting here. Normally, the 1st of December is Central Texas, Austin area's first freeze. So we're getting it a little later. We should take advantage of that. And hopefully this week, the end of the week, we're looking at actually getting rain. We are so desperately in need of it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally uh, coming up at the end of the show. I will talk to you all next Saturday at 9 a.m. I hope you have a great week and stay warm.